0: Home, it's coming. Footballs. Oh, sorry, didn't see you there. Today, I have my bloody good friend and former GB triathlete, we use that term a bit loosely, Greg Chambers on the show. In this conversation, we chat about Greg's athletic career and the impacts that not quite making it at the top level had on his mental health, the massive void that this left in his life, and the challenges of refinding a sense of direction and purpose. And as this was recorded just before the England-Senegal game last night, we chat predictions. And spoiler alert, fair play to Greg, he gets his absolutely spot on. Come on, England! Mr Greg Chambers. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, I have to say, it's an absolute privilege to have a genuine athlete on the show it's also nice to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you, sir? I'm not too bad, thank you. I know, it's a, it's
1: a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, I think this might be a nice setting for me, actually. My mum always said I had a face for radio. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is a nice... So we've made a bit of an ambiance here in my flat. So the incense is on. The Dyson fan was on before it's nice and warm. Cheeky little Koro in hand. Before the England game tonight. Indeed. Feeling indeed. good? Yeah, you
1: know, I'm. I'm feeling as good as I possibly can be about our performance tonight. I think.
0: Yeah, I was a bit sceptical. Probably we... better than your performance on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it only be blow up from here. It <laughs> blow pop, absolutely everything, mate. <laughs> um, so I usually kick off uh, these shows with a bit of context in terms of how we know each other. Mm. Um, we've not actually known each other relatively that long. It's only been a couple of years or so. Um, But we do know each other through our mutual acquaintance and your namesake, Mr. Gregory Herneman. Number two, yes. (laughs) Greggy. Um, Everyone knows Greggy. He's a loyal guest friend of the show. Um, He's actually been a guest. He's appeared on this very podcast before on um, what was the worst podcast ever to be released on Spotify. Got the award. I know. I fell asleep a couple of times (laughs) actually doing that. Had to stop it? When when did you meet
1: Greggy? Oh well, the first time I met Greggy was um, actually we went for dinner after work one time. Uh, went on a double date with a uh, lovely Tashi. He's the the better person in that couple. Oh, much better. Um, hello Tashi, by the way. Hello Tashi, missing you. <laughs> I went. We went along with also my girlfriend uh, Pops Popsy. Hello Pops. Yeah Popsie. and um, yeah it was a. Uh, it was an interesting evening, uh, there's always that pressure of, you know, when you're the new boyfriend, getting introduced oh, to the course. mates, and you know, you've got to yeah. jump through all the hoops, laugh mm. at all the jokes, it was really fucking hard, I'm not going to lie. Great, you've just <laughs> it's got mate, weird it's shit difficult chat. to laugh at his <laughs> jokes. <laughs> mate, you did well. And then, you know, you're sat there, on your second beer, desperately waving the way tray of your third, <laughs> trying to get through the evening, and um, so you see, you asked the question of, so, how do you guys know each other? And um, you know, you're beaming away. And it turns out this guy at age 25 went and moved in with Pops and her mates when all her mates were 19 years old. Yeah. And he sat there going, Oh, great chat. And in the back of your mind, you're thinking, What a
0: weirdo. Yeah, it was really weird. So, for context, I think Greg had just finished his masters and we were actually going to move in in Edinburgh. Um, but he needed a interim fix for about a month. And as you say, he was what mid-20s at the time at least and he's like oh i found a flat there's four other people who live there oh great Greggy, mate your mate some new friends you know you need some who are they 419 19 year old girls okay uh, interesting decision it's um, so
1: brilliant because you know. we can rip into him because we love to
0: pieces yeah. but it's so weird <laughs> under the bus he goes um But one of those girls uh, was the legend and your much better half, Poppy. Much better. (laughs) Considerably better. Yeah. Um, Do you want to give a bit of context in terms of who you are, what you do, and a fun fact? Oh, now that's a lot to think about.
1: So yeah, I'm, um, yeah, Greg, Greg Chambers, uh, formerly from... um, Northumberland, northeast of England. Moved to London about three years ago, and I'm physiotherapist over at Guy's Hospital. Nice. Love a knife there. Um, fun fact. Oh, it's really hard to come up with a fun fact because people got,
0: hate this question. Is, you know, I actually didn't ask it on the last one.
1: Mm, I I'm
0: thinking of phasing it out because you're thinking about <laughs> saying something funny,
1: but then it's like that makes me sound like a loser. But everything makes me sound like a loser, <laughs> yeah. so I don't really know what to talk about. <laughs> Actually, no. You know my fun fact? This is something from um, when I was at Leeds Uni. um, I I actually can't believe I didn't think of it straight away. Um, Did you ever watch The Chase?
0: Oh, with... um, What's the name? Oh, forget him. (laughs) (laughs) What is his name? Tony Blackburn? No, no. No. um, Is it Bradley Walsh? That's the one. That's
1: the chap. Um, There's The Beast, which is one of the the guys in that. And he came to... I think it was our local pub in Hyde Park, where we were living in Leeds, and my housemates and I beat him in a pub quiz,
0: won a signed Great. poster, and good pounds Huge. yeah. That's a good claim to fame. It was really good. That's probably the funnest fact that we've had yeah, that on did. the podcast.
1: It came down to a tie-break, I remember, and it, it was something to the nearest minute. How long is the entirety of Game of Thrones? And I think we got it within <clears throat> five minutes, which is, which is all right, eh? That's really but, good.
0: Um, yeah, that's probably my fun fact. That's really good. I'm um, put out there. Overrated series, Game of Thrones. It is shite ending. Awful. <laughs> I gave up After Light like, Season 2. Really? I think when the nudity dried up, I just <laughs> <laughs> lost interest. Yeah. I think that was just masking my actual like for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. So, serious question. How do you think it's affected your mental health having such a shit name like Greg? <laughs> well, there
1: was that m- moment of relief when you can actually have a conversation with mum and dad you go, mum, am I a Gregory? And they go, no, I'm oh thank goodness for that. Are you not a Gregory? <gasps> no, no, just a Greg. Oh, and okay. just a single G at the end as well. I'm not like the Bakers. No, okay, just,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Just a simple four letter. I mean, say. it's probably a bit of a rich question coming from a Howard, but you know. <laughs> um... Joke aside, so for everyone's context, you were a very good triathlete. Yeah, past Um, tense, yes. (laughs) Yes, you were a very good triathlete. Um, Excellent runner, cyclist and swimmer. To paint a bit of a picture, do you want to drop in some PBs? What what were you saying for your 5k run and your...
1: Well, the funny thing is, I actually have to like think, some of my PBs are probably from the best part of like 10 years ago now. Peaked early as I did with everything. (laughs) Yeah. Not very good lasting a long time. Uh, but um 5k? I think I think I was knocking on the door about 15 minutes. I think it was about fourteen
0: fifty around that ballpark. Nice. It was probably fifteen something, but it was you probably wanna... more like 18 something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, <laughs> no one down. will ever check. <laughs> no one will check. <laughs> Mate, that is so that is properly quick. It sounds good, doesn't it? That's there? really fucking quick. Um yeah. and what about your swim and bike? What well, sort of distance do you use? To measure them. Like everyone knows what a good 5k time is. I don't really know what it is in swimming, to be honest. I think, you know, the big Willy Waver one's the 100 free, which is, you know, 100 just, meters as quick yeah, as
1: you Yeah, as quick as you can. And what for do that, you do that, I did that for 55 seconds. seconds. And the big thing is, like, you know, like when people talk that's about, really you know, good. going sub 10, 100 su- meters. Some t- sub 10, 100 meters, don't get me wrong, in perspective, I think that's in like 40 odd seconds or whatever. But um, no, I think they always talk about going sub minute. And that's the
0: big thing in swimming. It's it's like Is that their four minute mile or is it? No, co- no, no, nowhere near as impressive okay, as fine. that.
1: Nowhere near as impressive as that.
0: But um, it's it's good. Yeah. But it's
1: not like I'm not popping off to the world champs next week. It's yes. just like if we're like a club swimmer, it's quite yeah. good. But yeah, it's not getting you on any well, into any hall of fame or anything like that. Yeah. So Well
0: the Howie Empowers Hall of Fame. You know, we can start a new wall, a black for my best swimmers. (laughs) With an incredibly low bar. (laughs) Brilliant, I'm here to stay. Um, And then bike? Bike on... What's the the distance you do? What's the best metric? 100k? No, 50k? I don't know. Well, I suppose, like, you could talk about 10-mile
1: time trials and stuff like that. the funny thing is, despite it's probably the one of the three that I love the most, I was famously shite. Like, if you went... On the bike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though it was your... It's my favourite one by far, okay. But if you've got walked anyone in here from um, Leeds where I used to train, they'd be like, oh, oh. yeah, this guy. Shite. <laughs> really? So like, I don't know. I think okay. to put it in comparison... And that's
0: the middle one, isn't it? That's the middle one. Well, so you beast at the swim and then people overlap you on the bike yeah, and then yeah, yeah. you go big on the bike. And, the, and then, uh, oh, you like to say go big, I sort of like
1: train. <laughs> 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 yeah. in at the back. <laughs> but yeah, like, there was never a... I think looking back now, you think, oh, that wasn't it wasn't too bad, but I think at the time when you're in the thick of it, you think, oh, it sort of sucks all the joy out of it, because like, mm. especially when I was at Leeds Uni which is where I was doing all my training, you're amongst like some of the best in the world, like some of the guys I've had the luxury of like trading with and now, you know, going off to like major
0: championships and things. Go on then, name drop a few. <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. You like, some of the guys. Some of the guys. Can I, tell, can I say who they are? Can some I, of the guys. No, it's <sighs> Big Ali Brownie, Brown Lee even Johnny Brownie. Did you train with Brownleys? I think when I
1: say if the closest I came to training was like I think they might have been in the next door lane to me. <laughs> well, that's that's good. No, they might have. I mean, don't be me wrong. It wasn't like it was a regular thing. I think I might have got a high once or nice. Don't know quite But um, it was more of some of the younger guys that, like, say, my mate Jack or Alex and people like that, you know. I was saying that I haven't spoken to some of these guys now in, like, five, six years. Sure,
0: they'll be listening. Uh, I hope so. (laughs) Give me a shout out when you win your next medal, guys. (laughs) So what sort of um, level did you get to? Were you planning to uh, make a living out of it?
1: Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I think, um, so I got my first... And Quite funny, actually, probably last proper GV representation thing when I was like 70, I want to say 17,
0: okay. ages ago now, wow. but um, yeah. yeah, but that's still relatively late. It's not like oh, I had trials at Chelsea when I was eight and then the mm. dream was over. Do you know what I mean? You're approaching mm. at what well, literally adulthood and you know making that transition in terms of what you need, think about what you're going to do with your next step. So if it was a viable career path, yeah,
1: no, I no, guess you're right in a way because um, at that time, you know, you're pissing. Picking your um, choices for universities mm. and things, uh, and everyone's like, Oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Where are you going? What course are you are doing? And then in the back of your mind, thinking, Well, at the minute, this is coming number two to what my ultimate goal is of being a professional athlete. Mm. And when you know you're going to school every day and you're living quite a sheltered life, you sort of think, Well, yeah, you've got almost got this element of blue sky thinking, going, yeah, why not? I, I love what I'm doing, I'm training really bloody hard, I'm getting some pretty decent results. Why can't it be a thing? Yeah. And I think, I think it goes for anything. Like, you don't realise how good you need to be. Mm. I think, I mean, for us now, so we wanted to,
0: you know, be playing for England tonight. Yeah, probably could, man. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> a few more co-roads. We'll definitely be saying that. Fuck <laughs> Harry <While> Kane.
1: <laughs> I Running on at half time. I've got a better calves than Greyish <laughs> anyway. But um, we, we know we're a long way off, but I think it's not until you're in the thick of it and you know, rubbing shoulders with some of these people that you're like, wow, they are seriously good. Mm. And you suddenly think, oh, actually, I need to be training a lot more and a lot better than I actually am. So yeah, don't get me wrong, when you get late, when I was later down the line into, I think it was like second year of uni, that's when I was sort of like, you know, I went to a couple of races and I just get absolutely beasted, mate. Just like. Not even close. Mm. Whereas, like, when I was younger, like, back at school, I was like, oh, this is brilliant. Like, I won a few races, and, you know, you have the confidence. But I think there's nothing more, you know, honest in sport. I think there's quite a common saying that you're only as good as your last race. Mm. And when I, when you're going to, like, it's your 10th race of the season, you're getting beasted every single one. you're like, God, I suck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think it was quite an easy sort of transition out of it towards the end of going like you know what this ain't gonna be a thing yeah but I'm really enjoying it for the social the fitness yeah. element of travel and so you just gradually phase out of it I mean I say it was an easy transition it definitely wasn't yeah. You, yeah yeah complete. I can
0: imagine to make peace with that in your head yeah must be difficult especially if it was a thing that you've wanted to do for I don't know 10 years or something you had a dream of doing and then the gradual realization that mm, yeah maybe yeah. this isn't
1: Initially, you look back at the very, well, at the moment, you think, God, oh, that was a bloody waste of time. I could have been out and fresh as ever. So that's
0: day. what I was going to ask. What, what Did you feel like you had to make through your childhood, I don't know, teenage years, probably more specifically, a lot of sacrifices, probably socially, in order to pursue that? Goal of becoming a professional triathlete. To honest, when I was at
1: school, it was never really a sacrifice. I was really? just absolutely loving it. Okay, I mean, all my social was in my sports groups. So. Okay, fine. Yeah. So if you think about, it, you had like your swim group, your cycling group, your run group, then yeah. all your mates in between. Yeah, that's like, I mean that's four different social groups. Yeah, not many friends. Yeah, <laughs> still yeah. not many friends. What to happened? Me. I was gonna <laughs> say. <it. laughs> I don't know that shit chat never leaves. <laughs> <laughs> but um no, like I just I loved it, so I never saw it as sacrifice in a mm. way. It was always. Just love for it. Mm. And then, I mean, you, like I say, later down the line, when you just, you're just not getting the results you want for how much work you're putting in, then it's st- you start thinking of all those things as sacrifice.
0: Because,
1: mm. I mean, um, yeah. if you've got some of my old like, <coughs> lead housemates on here, like, when I was a fresher, I just I was just training all the time, but I just loved it. Absolutely adored it. And I don't look back and regret it one bit, but, yeah. like, some people are like, well, we're off out, all off out tonight, and it's like 9.30. I'm like, right, I'm off
0: to bed okay so yeah it was just was that difficult or because you liked it so much
1: just loved it mate. yeah yeah just plus you like I say you're doing it with all your really good mates and yes No, wasn't a sacrifice at all but like I say the hard bit of stepping away is always that element it's suddenly such a lifestyle change Mm. so like I say the biggest day of training I ever did was like probably a Wednesday and you do seven hours in that day I mean and then once you quit you're like you've almost got to this guilt all the yeah. time of like well I used to train like, yeah. like four times a day now I'm just gonna go for a run and then you think oh is that it mm. right. and then the, the even bigger elephant in the room is like well I thought I was gonna go pro yes and then I didn't so what the fuck do I do now you know it's yeah. like well the brilliant thing in like sport is that like when you've got a coach like no, you don't need to really think in the sense that like someone's telling you what time to be where yeah what I mean, obviously, you pick your goals and things, but, like, they say, right, you need to be at the pool for, like, 5 a.m. All right, cool. We're targeting this race. All right, cool.
0: Like, you can just sort of, like... You just do. You don't need to... Yeah, you don't need to think. You don't need to plan your life. Yeah. It's kind of plotted out for you, and you just do it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Whereas, like, when you're thinking about, you know, the actual working world, you're thinking, Mm. oh, hang on, career. Oh, didn't really think of that, because I sort of... When I didn't put all mags in one basket, because so, I still, you know, got my A-levels, went mm. to uni. and But but at the same time, you just,
0: you sort of feel quite lost, because you have not need to think so much. I was going to say, that feels like, if you're training, and I know it wasn't every day, but take the seven-hour training day, for example. That's suddenly, essentially, a third, pretty much, of your day. mm that leaves a pretty significant void. Yeah, Not that you're just not doing something, but you're probably overthinking the fact that you're not doing something. Mm. Oh, 100%, 100%. Was that difficult at the time?
1: At the time, yeah, 100%. Because
0: then you just sort of think,
1: well, how do I fill that void? Because suddenly as well, you're suddenly not spending those seven hours with the people that you're used to spending seven hours Mm. in. So sort of... I mean, friendships, they don't fade away like that, but you suddenly just stop seeing people.
0: Yeah.
1: so yeah, it's quite, it was quite a hard process, sort of bringing it all back together and thinking, right, what do I want to do? Yeah. Um, which, don't be wrong, took a lot of time and it's not a... It wasn't a smooth road, but yeah, we got there in the end. But yeah, it was, it's a massive lifestyle change and I think it's quite a common... It'd be more common than you think and it's probably not very discussed because it's not, it's not cool, it's not sexy, it's not like, look, this person you know won three Olympic golds and now they've mm. gone to their job in the city and da-da-da-da-da, mm. it's like... Had the goal, didn't achieve the goal, didn't have a fucking clue what they're going to do next. Ugh. Who wants to read about that in the paper and watch that on TV? But Hollywood's not making films about that. Yeah. Well,
0: you never know. know. (laughs) The thing is, I think it's also slightly um, uh, metaphorical at a wider sense that a lot of people, and speaking from a very privileged point of view, but let's just generalise the Western world, a lot of the time your childhood teenagehood early adult years are plotted out for you right Mm. so you go to uh, primary school you go to secondary school you go to uni you just do all those things you don't necessarily think about doing them they're just laid out for you similar to you were saying like your coach lays out 5am swim you know 10am cycle whatever it is so you just got to follow that and then you finish uni And then you're thrust into the real world. And I think there is a bit of a honeymoon period where you're working and you've got a bit more money and you're like, happy days, just go out on the piss. But then suddenly what you realise is, shit, I've got to kind of figure this all out myself. And I think it's very easy to become a bit lost Mm. and maybe a bit confused at that time, you know, like, and you tend to look around what other people are doing. Some people are off traveling you know and according to instagram having the best time ever there's some other people who are just like fast tracking their career mm. and then there's other people that you know what i mean and i think it, it it is a i mean it sounds so privileged but it is a really tricky time not knowing what you want to do oh, i think 100%. 100%. Mm. especially when you come out of uni you've got those there'll be always one or two top
1: high flyers you go yeah. get those mega jobs mm. and seem to never be working you're like oh what can i can't have a job yeah, but then everybody's you know doing different things, different aspect, different, different career paths, different rates of progression, and it's quite a weird sort of time, isn't it? Mm. Sort of like, particularly for me, well, those of us that are in our twenties, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's a bit of a, <laughs> it's a bit of a funny old time, eh? yeah. Um, but to be honest, I think it's all sort of, it's a time where you. I mean, this is purely anecdotally. There's like no evidence behind any of, any of the stuff I say. There's no know. evidence behind anything that's ever been said on this <laughs> podcast.
0: But, like, when you leave uni, Thank all... you, the lack of regulations of Spotify.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the power free speech, yeah. yeah. But, like, you know, there's kind of, like, this rebuilding phase of, like, mm. right, you know, you've got your degree. And let's be honest, like, yeah, it's a privileged way of saying everybody's got a degree now. Yeah. And so you go out, go out into the wide world with your degree, get your job. Um, and the only thing that's, like, you know provides a bit of support both like mainly like you know emotionally is the fact you've still got your mates Mm. you
0: know like i'm sure you're the same but the majority of my mates they're all down here you know well that's an interesting thing because basically and i think it is probably a similar thing if you went to leeds uni but um so i went to the mighty sterling uni but it tends to be somewhere that people don't stay obviously after uni they if they stay in scotland Typically speaking, they would go to, like, one of the bigger cities or maybe even move down south. So you go from being surrounded by a lot of people to then suddenly almost feeling quite isolated, possibly mm. for, like, the first time. Do you know what I mean? You're surrounded by a lot of mates at uh, at school and then at uni and then suddenly you're like, shit, where is everyone? Yeah. And then I think you what you all... I don't know if, if you found this as well, but it really dawned on me after uni is when you spend years... Surrounding yourself by similar minded people, mm. you can almost brainwash yourself or condition yourself into thinking, ah, this is what everyone thinks. Yeah. And then I found it really difficult to almost transitioning to the real world, dealing with, you know, people of different backgrounds, ages, blah, etc., mm. etc. cetera. Et cetera. Um, that was another yeah transition period that I found quite difficult uh, to deal with and adapt to. Yeah, I've almost had to develop sort of this like workplace chat. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean the funny thing is now, if, by some miracle, if anyone from work ends up listening to this, they'll just think, "Yeah, I just chat shit." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Most of my mates will say that, but yeah, like you just suddenly, like I said, people of different ages, different mm. backgrounds, and different setups. You know, all of a sudden, you chat to people that like have kids and aren't thinking about where they're going and getting hammered on a Wednesday night, mm. and it's yeah, it's quite it's quite odd
0: when everyone's just. Same. Yeah. Different everyone's doing different things. And you don't have that um almost sense of belonging that yeah. you probably had and took a hundred percent took for granted for for years, right? And it again it sounds a privileged thing to say, but that just takes some um getting used to, I think. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. I think if you ask
1: the majority of people say say, move down here, for example, or move anywhere for work. Mm. And, you know, like, say, you're in your early 20s first job. In the first six months, I think the majority of people say they felt lost at one point, just thinking, oh. like, right, well, is this it for the next 40, 50 years? Mm. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> no quids in on a Monday anymore, <laughs> <Yeah>. boys. <laughs> that North Sea's bloody cold <laughs> yeah.
0: um, Just bring it back to uh, your kind of triathlete days, Am I right in thinking that you got a pretty serious injury as well that pretty much dampened any hopes of... Well, yeah, no, that's the excuse I've told the majority of
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the rate-limited <laughs> step to all of this is not actually having the potential or the talent. <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah, the one you... You just know. injured your own knee. I need an excuse. <laughs> Greg, why are you throwing in front of that of car? a baseball bat, yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> Oh yeah, if it wasn't for that, you know, it, yeah. been, it definitely would have been at Tokyo. No, it's, um, yeah, so I basically injured, that going into the depths of it, I injured um one of the bones of my feet and got a stress fracture through the middle of it, so I had to get it. Get, a, get a bit of surgery, get a screw to hold everything to be- together, so I've got a bit of metal work in there. and um,
0: You still can't run?
1: Well, well, the thing is, I can <laughs>
0: Yeah. But I don't want to. There is,
1: an element yeah. of, there is an element of that. But there's also, Um, um I remember after the surgery as well, because I, I said to the surgeon that was doing it, I was like, look, you know, I'm quite keen on that. When I want to get back to doing X, Y, and Z. And um, he said, just try and look after your foot, all right, because you've damaged a bit of the cartilage, damaged the bone, this, that, like, whatever. And there is this element of risk that, you know, you could scupper your ability to to walk, down the line, run mm. later down the line, like several decades time. Mm. And don't be wrong as someone who's like, you know, healthcare professional and, you know, rehabs people daily. As an outside view I'd be thinking, well, may as well just rehab myself and go on with it. But I think when it's yourself, you sort of think, well, I do I'm doing everything I want to do at the minute, yeah, and, you know, I can mm. go play tennis, ride my bike, swim. Uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not running marathons or anything like no. that. But yeah, not, not like me, yeah. Yeah, I know. We can't all be Mr. Harry <laughs> over here. But um, no, there's no, there's no massive desire to go and get back into running. Because the problem mm. is as well, say if I went and did the local 5K, and so by some miracle at the moment, you know, I went and did like 20 minutes, I'm going to sit there and go... I used to be quicker than this when I was like 14 years old. Hey, that's I, a
0: difficult thing about running. <laughs> that is a genuinely difficult thing about running. and Or the, life in general, just comparing yourself to what you did previously.
1: Oh, 100%, 100%. And I'm just not the type of, I've just not got the personality where I can just sit and go, yeah, that's cool. Mm. I'd be like, right, get
0: me to the track, <laughs> get yeah. me a coach and let's go. So, do you think, though, that that's something that you do want to try and become more almost accepting of Mm. within yourself? Because obviously, naturally, father time catches up with everyone, right? So inevitably, in 10, 15 years, it's not even, well, probably going to be feasible to even think about running a sub-15 5K. Is there any bit of you that's like, you know what, maybe I want to transition from being maybe so metric-focused into more just, you know what, just going out and enjoying a run? I know in, like, day-to-day life
1: at the minute, like, all the sport and things I do, I just do it purely for, like, Psychological effect, like I think everybody's like familiar with, like the runner's high, or mm-hmm. you have similar things whether you know doing martial arts, gym, whatever that may be. And um, it's purely just the feeling, and yeah. more of an addiction than anything else. Yeah. Like don't get me wrong, I'm not when I'm going to the gym. I'm not going, wow, look how much I squatted here, good cool. old twenty kilos. <laughs> <laughs> those body weight squats. Yeah, at the gym and going. Look at those skinny calves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's that T-Rex over there? Yeah. But um, just the mirror. <laughs> Makes everyone looks at it <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, but yeah just I think it's just this un- underlying bit of addiction mm. and just your enjoyment for doing it so when I go for bike rides with mates now it's not like I'm I mean don't get me wrong I'm a little bit obsessed with Strava many of my mates know that but I'm not gutted if I'm not cycling so quickly or yeah. lifting a certain weight or anything like that I'm just loving it just for the process of doing it which is nice because there's just no pressure on it. It's a win-win. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean, it's a win-win. All I want to do is being able to fit into the same set of jeans, not look like look like a beer barrel with a face on it. <laughs> I'm very aware that we're in the run-up to Christmas now, in oh, silly season, yeah, yeah. and I need to. stay relatively trim. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing worse. I'm pretty sure everyone's had it, where like your parent, particularly at uni, your parents haven't seen you in six months. You rock up, and you've got a good fresh like, face. You, you know fat. <laughs> Yeah, they just look at you going, what happened? Yeah. And you just feel... Just the disappointment. You just feel shit, don't you? <laughs> I just don't want that, you know yeah. what I mean? So, um, yeah, just doing it for the joy. But but also, now, you, just the social aspect as well. Like, when I go cycling, you go with Bates. Yeah. Chat whatever.
0: Chat about how we're still going to go pro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to the mental health uh, kind of area... And we've touched on a few of these things already. But is that something that you struggle with uh, on an ongoing basis and you need to manage? Or what's your kind of general relationship with that area of things? Um,
1: I think, I mean, we're last month of 2022
0: now. So everyone's aware of
1: it that's going on like Mm. 10 years ago. Didn't know what it was, whatever. And I think everyone's had their experiences with it to like varying degrees on such a spectrum. Yeah. Some people are just aware of it, some people know friends who've experienced bad and some people have had really naff times. Um day to day at the minute, I mean, I don't really I don't really think about it that much. Because nah. I mean, you know, it's like everyone's busy, you know, everyone's working, and if you're not working, you're socializing and if you're not doing that, you're you're exercising, if you're not doing that, you're sleeping. Mm. So there's not particularly many hours in the day where I'm thinking, I'm going to go for a run because that would benefit my mental health. I just sort of do these things sort of out of routine. But don't be wrong, there's a couple of
0: things I do prophylactically as well. Like I purposely keep busy. Mm. I hate. Well, that's. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, I think you touch on an interesting thing. And I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm not saying you've done this, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't dismiss the importance of the fact that you are busy a lot, you know what mm. I mean? You're saying you're either working or socialising or exercising or sleeping. I think the problem is with a lot of people is almost having too much time to mm. almost contemplate your existence mm. and almost being, not having enough to do and being bored. And I think this was maybe an issue for so many people during lockdown. And then mm. you start to overthink everything. But you're right. I think a really good antidote to to maybe those you know feelings or thoughts mm. is just to, be more busy.
1: Oh, don't wrong. I'm be one of those guys can, that if yeah. I have too much time, mm. I just turn into an absolute basket case, literally. Oh, this is one of the things, like, particularly when I stopped training as much as I did. Mm. And like I said, I got to the end of the line and was like, right, uh, what now? That was horrendous. That was easily the lowest I've ever felt. And some of my best mates, who he, like, helped got me through that quite dark phase Or know about it. But then all of a sudden, like, through chatting with mates and just boiling down and go, hang hey, what do I... What do I enjoy? Like, well, I enjoy my exercise, right, so I'll do better bit of that to keep me yeah. busy. Um, but all it boils down to is chasing a little bit of purpose. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not wanting to do anything to change the world. But at the same time, just think, what do I enjoy doing? What do I want to do? Let's get a pen and paper out, write a few things down. Is, that, right.
0: something you, is that something you did? You, you made the conscious effort to write things down be like, you know, what am I good at? What do I think is going to benefit? Did you plan it? Oh yeah, like, 100%, yeah, 100%. amazing. Yeah, I'm a big amazing. fan of
1: big fan of journaling. Don't want to sound too middle aged,
0: but uh, I'm leaning in pretty hard. <laughs> but that's genuinely a good thing to admit because that's the type of thing. Even now, as you say, over the last ten years, the chat about mental health has progressed. You know, in comparison to what it was ten years ago. But if you say to someone in a group setting, "Oh, I journal," mm. I think it still gets a bit of a. I suppose... Yes, it, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So people are like, oh, oh, journal. Do I you know what I mean? People aren't like, oh, that's that's beneficial. I think people still maybe put their noses up at it. So you, the fact that you do that, I love that. I love uh, that. And I think that's, yeah.
1: I think there's that element, though, in like certain social situations where I just, I just don't really give a shit.
0: Yeah, it's good. I mean, to a point. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, just... I think once you get your routine, like, I sort of automatically now um, say in the rotation and the job I'm doing at the moment I end up with a couple of midweek days off Yeah, but I like clockwork now I go right well I'll go for a bike ride if I know a mate's also not working I'll bring them go do something I'll read a book I'll, I'll, I've i got things going on mm. like other little projects or whatever and I sort of just do that instinctively now whereas before it was quite an odd thing because like I said back when I was training you just like opened your app on your phone your training peaks account and go right well Oh, well, that's what I've got to do today. Yeah. Right, sweet. i it was just so passive. Yeah. Um and now I've just sort of built it in routine and it's just quite a nice little Yeah, it's a nice way to be to be honest.
0: But I though, think it is if you get there, but there's that painful middle ground where you transition between just being on autopilot and you just and you probably don't overthink life and it you don't feel these, you know, bouts of feeling down into having more time. Yeah. And then maybe going through that to then being to then consciously filling your time yeah. with things that you want to do, and it's great that you're obviously there now. But yeah, to your point before, like that transition phase between the two can be quite challenging. Oh, probably. don't be wrong. I'm skating over the fact
1: that I had a two year time frame of just feeling like shit quite a lot of the time, mm. um, and you try things. Some things work, some things yeah. don't. But it was all of that time it was you know a humbling experience in the sense of you know, you just, you, you're rebuilding yourself up. Mm. You go, right, what what do I actually want to do? Because um, in the background, you know, you've got fre- friends are going off, people are doing this, you know, you look on your phone and everyone's having the best time in the world and you're thinking, well, I feel shit, this ain't fair. But then <laughs> as soon as you figure out what you want to do and what gives you purpose, then all of a sudden you sort of get your blinkers on and you just... Don't just think about pra- other yeah, people, yeah. just do your own thing. And I'm quite fortunate the career I'm in, there's quite a there's quite sort of like a natural path of progression. Not so <laughs> that sounds so wanky, but I'm not saying I'm gonna progress at all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm amazed I've still got a job. Yeah. There's a path, you're just not treading it. <laughs> you're just kind of looking at it. That looks nice. Paving my own way man yeah. <laughs> But um no now I just sort of I know what I wanna do. I'm doing it. I'm loving what I'm doing. God. Great mates to help me make those decisions, whatever, and yeah, I'm just doing that.
0: But I'm... also committing to difficult things, which I like, even though you've got your routine and it's working well for you, you're not getting complacent. Like, you recently, was it a couple of months ago, you did a 13k swim up the Bloody Thames? I did indeed, Harry. You know, I don't tell many people about it, you know. That's think... absurd. No, no. Uh, that's, that's literally absurd. A 13K run is a fucking great effort. A 13K swim. Yeah, basically, I found out about it through a mate. Because um, you know when lockdown
1: was going on, let's be honest, like everyone was having a pretty naff time. Anyone who said they were having the happiest time of their life in lockdown was just the <laughs> biggest bullshitter <to> ever. <laughs> um, but uh, what I did to get through it, because I was doing my Masters at the time, and there was a period where my course just stopped. I wasn't on placement. I think I had like a four-month period or something like that. I had nothing going on, so I just got my laptop out and I was, like, Googling, right, what's the longest, like, bike single-day bike ride or organised event you can do in the UK or what's the longest swim or whatever. Or one of my mates recommended the swim and I just entered it and I thought, yeah, let's do that because it's one of those things that, uh, yeah, like you just got to train for it because mm. if you don't, you're probably not going to complete it. And, like I say, um, I've mentioned this to you, like, a couple of times before, but I always think it's great to have a healthy amount of stress in your life. Yeah. It doesn't have to be sporting. It could be work, it could be social, it could be something as simple as, you know, I'm going to have a week of just not having beer, mm. which in December is pretty bloody hard. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's <laughs> too stressful. I'm failing. <laughs> Here we are. I'm deep right crane. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, think this, I think it's brilliant just to have yeah. some, a good challenge that you can set yourself because I think I think you want it to be a proper challenge where you can look yourself in the mirror and go right. I know, I unless you feel a little bit optimistic about what you're trying to set out and achieve, what's the point in setting it as a goal? Yeah. Why do you want to set something to achieve that you know that you can easily go and accomplish?
0: Yeah.
1: So the goal I've set for this year is to complete this swim, and I've said to loads of people I want to be in the top three, which some people would be like. Oh, what a twat like <laughs> does this yeah. guy think it is only 4B blends it yeah <laughs> well I don't know you should see my driving maybe only 3 <laughs> but um, no I think it's good to have a goal that's you know ju- not out of reach but you know just out of your comfort zone yes. enough that you've got to elicit a good element
0: of stress I think I couldn't agree more I think it gives you oh, fucking hell the word is, it's a cliche word right but we're going to throw it in there anyway. It does give you a sense of purpose. It gives your life a sense of direction. Do you know what I mean? You're working towards something, mm. uh, and I think the benefit of that can't be understated. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. It just gives you like
1: another... a reason. Is at
0: the end of the day, it boils down. It gives you a reason to get up in the morning.
1: Mm. 100%. Do you know what I mean? And
0: I sp- speaking from you know, I suppose my past experience where I've obviously suffered, uh, you know, with mental health issues. That's sometimes the hardest thing. You're like, what's the fucking point of waking up today? Mm. I can't be out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So to have something that kind of gets you out of bed, keeps you motivated, keeps you working towards something, I think that's a really a really positive thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a good tick
1: in the box. It's What I love about sport at the end of the day is the fact that like you could have had the worst day at work. Mm. You could have gone for an interview that went rubbish. You could have done a presentation that went dreadful. Or in my line of work, I don't know, I'm going to stay today, I probably say loads of things. I come out of a meeting, I'm just like, why do I say that? <laughs> <laughs> <Why do> I... <laughs> Happens every day. Um, but, you know, you can always, like, go to the gym, the pool, or go for a run afterwards, and it's just that free, whether it's that half an hour, 20 minutes, hour, to whatever time you've got, it's just that, you know, bang, something else.
0: It's, that, it's literally therapy, just get your yeah, mind yeah, off yeah. it. I can't. I can't agree more. Yeah,
1: no, and I'm sure you're cut from this bit. Well, cut from the same bit of cloth as I am. That, when, say when you're going for that run or that, or doing the gym or doing your martial arts, sometimes when all those endorphins start flying in, you're like, "Wow, I feel unbelievable. Mm. This is brilliant." That, yeah. And it's that addictive aspect that I just love, probably more than any other aspect that sport brings. Is just how it makes me feel. Never mind the social. Never mind the. Well, it's supposed to get you in shape. I don't know. I've been looking in the mirror every day, and nothing's nothing <laughs> worked. But um I, it's just how it makes me feel. So many benefits. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And yeah, like I, I, mean, I mean, I did a full sports science degree undergrad, and I mean, I can't remember a single bloody thing about it. But sport <laughs> make
0: sports good for you. It's yeah, good for you. yeah, <laughs> mate. A hundred percent. And to be honest, on that note. Not just doing sport, but watching sport. Oh, yeah. And we should probably look to wrap this up because we've got the last 16 England-Senegal to get ready for and go and watch. Big game. Huge game. I don't actually know when I'm going to release this podcast. So we're talking about England-Senegal. <laughs> I probably released it like February. Like the World Cup.
1: <laughs> Are you making serious?
0: What's your prediction for tonight? Um... <laughs> um Four 0 England. Now joking. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be close. I think it's gonna be close. But I'm gonna be confident. Uh, two one England. Two one. Two one England. That was my. I was just on the
1: way over here. I was thinking about that. I would have said two one. But you know, I'm gonna go out a limb and say. I'm
0: gonna say three 0 To England. Shoot for the stars, might get to the moon. Yeah. Love it. Well, let's see. Let's see. I and mean, let's see when when we post this, we're gonna probably be knocked out of the World Cup. <laughs> And be like, fucking hell, we've just undermined the rest of our conversation.
1: But (laughs) hey-ho, such is life. I know, we're going to watch the game in Victoria as well, aren't we? So we might become England lose, 80 quid down on
0: (laughs) beers. Yeah, and can't publish this podcast. (laughs) Great success. (laughs) What an evening. Cool, all right. Well, thanks very much for coming on, uh, Greg. And thank you all uh, for listening. Yeah, please don't judge me too hard, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Cool, cheers, guys. Catch you next time.